Hi, I'm William Stone Greenhill, and this is my co-host, Kreisner. Hello. How are you? Uh, we're going to have a little back and forth about Virgo Paint's appearance in Book 8 of Storyverse, a.k.a. Storyverse and the Green Hill's Memory. I know you don't understand much about it, Kreisner, but what do you understand? Um, honestly, not really much. I haven't read much of Book 8 because it's uh, still new to me. But I understand Virgo is a very strong character, and I'm glad to see her make a return. Okay, well, let me enlighten you. Yes, tell me, tell me, why has she come back? She's come back because she's a, well, when the series takes off, I think she's going to be a popular character, and it's important to show disabilities in fiction. That's true. And well, basically, she does what she's always doing in this book, cleaning up after her brother. Basically, her brother records Liam's mind while a very powerful being named Ramon has wiped it minutes after. Yes. And the problem with that, although it doesn't sound initially harmful, is Liam's mind could do a lot of damage because of all the knowledge it contains. Mischievous Mr. Flint. Poor Virgo's got a handful, doesn't she? Yeah. So tell me, what what are our hopes for this 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 story coming in? What do you mean? Like, why has she returned to try fix more of Flint's messes, or is she branching away from Flint and making her own story? It's real, you know. Virgo is more the main character than Flint is, mm-hmm. especially in her own book. And while she's re. While she's cleaning up one of his messes, she's always doing it with her own style and her own method. Yeah. So, Tommy, you mentioned disability for those readers who haven't actually remembered much or even got to Virgo Paint. Could you tell us about her disability? She uh, actually happens to be mute. Oh, wow. That makes her a really unique character. Particularly for sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. So how would she communicate? She uses sign language. Ah, so does many people know sign language in the story? No, but she has a translator named Caitlin. Oh, well, that would help, wouldn't it? Yep. And I'm sure her and Caitlin are pretty good friends. They're best friends. Best friends. Even better. It's even better to have a best friend who understands you. Yeah. In more ways than one. But should we move on to what actually happens in the book now that they've got a bit of a basic grounding? Yeah. So Virgo Paint, she winds up, how can I put this? Virgo Paint, she's, she winds up showing up with Flint after William basically threatens Flint because he's so damn angry with what he did. And, well, (coughs) basically, William and basically, she offered, she's making him apologize. Yeah, which he should. If he is yes. naughty, he should apologize. And, well, this is where Virgo really comes into her own in the story of her series. You see, Tess, Tess, William, and Snow, Flint, and Virgo go for a walk, right? Yes. And they start pondering into the snow because they're in a snow interpreter camp, which is another newly introduced factor in the story. Okay. And, well, let's just say they 
they're wandering along, and all of a sudden, bang, there's a force field keeping them out of the wing of the school. Oh, right. And all the kids are trapped inside, and they're like, we need to get a spaceborne ship to get them out. Yeah. And so they face some opponents that are unique to them. Like, a, I don't know who Virgo ends up with, but at least it's not Flint for a change. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Flint ends up with Tessa. Oh, <gasps> what? Mind blown. How does that happen? No, don't, well, help. Uh, don't even tell me. Well, oh there's a God. blizzard. What? No. And, well, Tessa's the only one can see because, you know, she's blind and she's been working without Tessa, sight her entire life. Why not William? No. I don't mean dating. No, what do you mean end up? I mean she ends up. Working with him temporarily. Oh, thank God. Yeah, oh, now had, I get yeah, your reaction. Yeah. You <laughs> I had totally my heart get it. Pounding. I was like, "Are you serious right now? What a what a twist that would have been. <laughs> Just a complete twist." Yeah, that's not Tessa. <laughs> okay. But anyway, she they end up. Tessa warns them about a cliff, and they end up surprise, surprise, falling off it. Mm-hmm. Then they bang into the snow. Oh no. And Tessa winds up with Flint as her partner. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, Flint's forgotten he's got this handy device in his pocket that can somehow spaceborne ship back to them at any time. Oh, he's conveniently forgotten or he has forgotten? He has forgotten. Oh, how unfortunate. <laughs> so Ongo, their, uh, their travels, do they, have to, do they have to make a journey now? Well, uh, Flint's broken his arm. Yes. And while Flint's broken his arm, basically Tessa has to fire a spaceborne ship because Clint can't fire with a broken arm. It's like driving a car, except really well-trained spaceborns like Virgo can do it. Okay. And this would be Tessa's first time? This is Tessa's first time, yes. And she's blind. And she's blind. <laughs> so that, that would be interesting. So would she have to rely on Flint directing her? No, she's got her interpreter senses. Oh, thank God for that. Because could you imagine he turns, says go left and she turns right? That would be <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and right was the right way? Yep. That would be funny. Well, maybe we should talk about some of the other characters' nightmares that they were in. Yeah. Snow was with her snow interpreter, surprise, surprise. Yeah. And well, this guy came up with this device and she used it to drain her hatred. Mm-hmm. Drain hatred directly from her body. Oh, that's what creates the be- the arrow, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, the one that... Oh, I'm not allowed to... I'm not allowed to divulge into that one. So scratch what I said, listeners. You don't have to scratch it. Just theorize your asses <laughs> off about it. Oh, oh, yeah, you can uh, have an idea of what we're talking about. But I tell you, it's huge. Fair enough. Anyway, Tessa... Anyway, let's see. William is with, I think it's Virgo and someone else. Mm-hmm. And well, he encounters Luke Hart's tone. It goes from his past that he can't even remember now. Okay. If that makes sense. So who's Luke Hart's turn again? 
Luke Hartstone, he's a really bad dude that was introduced in book four. Okay. Basically, here's the reason why Cloud Nine hasn't been able to cure the Green family or the Green Hill family for centuries. Yeah. Because of a curse. A curse they put on him, isn't it? It's a complicated curse. I'll leave it out for now. But the basics is if they try to find out... If they try to find out, if they figure out how, what the cure is, they end up in a soul prison. Yeah, right. That would be unfortunate. And, well, basically, Luke Hartstone monologues and William runs away. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to run away when people are monologuing, isn't it? I don't know why yeah. villains do it. Drives me nuts. Well, it's actually a plot device to explain their side of the story to us. That's I suppose, I suppose. But it's pretty funny that he just runs away in the middle of a yeah, monologue. I can imagine he's just like, don't run away from me! Like, rah! Actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's like I was there. Anyway, perhaps I could tell you about another thing that happened there. Yeah, sure. And you weren't there, you just know the characters, you know the people. <laughs> yep. Basically, what Flint, what happens is, Flint is, Flint is going on, says, at least I'm in a group with really powerful people, and starts lifting off individual things of his future, and he almost lists off something that could be very, very devastating if these particular people learn about it. Oh, jeez. And But Virgo kicks him in the nuts. Oh, ouch. Even, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Poor Flint. <laughs> Not poor thing. He was about to divulge a secret oh, yes. that yes. would change the entire face of the modern story verse if Liam Tesla and Snow got it at this point in their lives. True. You shouldn't mess with the, with the times. <coughs> you shouldn't mess with the past and the future. Yeah. Which is always a good thing. So, why is Virgo back? Why is she helping William now? Yep, they're pretty good friends, actually. Yeah. Does, does he does he require her assistance again? He definitely will. Yeah. She's going to be a pretty big part of the story coming up. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to see her out. Virgo Payne, so is a, she's, a, she's a very strong, very... Interesting character. Interesting character, yes. And she's, uh, she's always very headstrong, too, but very loyal. This is what I like about her. Yep. But she's a... But she's a space-born, so there are things she can't say. Yes. But, but she doesn't take no crap from nobody. Exactly. <laughs> Especially no. her brother. Especially her brother. <laughs> They're complete polar opposites, I believe. Yep. Anyway, I feel like it's... I feel like it's important to note that Virgo is actually friends with... Tessa's disgraced uncle that Snow kind of undisgraces because he's Callum the Cowardly. Okay. Or Callum Storm, if you prefer, which ah, I do. And Virgo and Callum went to school together? High school, High yes. High school together, yes, that's correct, that's correct. They were very, he was, very good She was invited to his birthday. Yeah, he was a good kid before. So what happened to him? Ooh, that's an interesting side 
No. Ah. Basically, he joined up with Abigail followers, serious oh, film no. points, but he instantly regretted it. Obviously. But you can't just leave Abigail's followers, especially yeah. if you're like a star pupil. But a Cloud9 student could see his regret. Mm-hmm. And she used that to kind of befriend him. And, well, he ran away to get her. And she used... She, he wanted to get her out. He wanted to get her out, but she used the Expecto Testament curse. Yeah. First time it was ever used in the canon. Well, not chronologically, but from me writing it chronologically. Yep. Which actually makes someone have to follow your final action, and the curse sealed her in the ice while it made him run away to get the Great Prophecy. Yep. And, well... He got the Great Prophecy, but he had to get in a fight. But because he knew where it was, he had to get in a fight with a god. Ah, how unfortunate. And, well, they both pretty much ended up losing that fight. So he ended up having to stay there, didn't he? Well, he transported to Mount Kala, and as he was turning to stone. Yeah. And he just... Wound up being the statue that the kids knew about, that the kids saw in the astronomy tower. Okay. And let's face it, just because there's a book there doesn't mean that you know it's a great prophecy. Yeah. And he did his enchantment meant only an heir of Temperance and Abigail can, who are working together can retrieve the book. Mm. That's how the main characters are able to do it, because of Tessa and Snow. That's true. So does that answer your question? It does, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that Callum was so cowardly. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but I'm at least he tried. I know he re- he regrets it, so he's still got a good soul. He so does. That's the main thing. And he's a goose. And a powerful one too. Oh yeah. The ghosts in these stories are very powerful, aren't they? Yep. Uh, so would you say Virgo would try to help Callum to get out? Well, Maybe in the she can't Maybe she really because it's important to history that he stays Callum the Cowardly. Mm, true. But she definitely could if she wanted to, which she does, but she feels it's her duty to preserve the the story. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right. So... What if she was to change the timeline, but it was a good effect to a good effect, like changing Callum into a good person? He was a good person. But making sure he doesn't fall into Abigail's side. If it doesn't have bad... But that's why she didn't do it. She feels there would be negative repercussions Uh, to that. Okay, well, that makes sense then, doesn't it? Well, I suppose if he didn't join, someone else would join and it would probably be even worse because they wouldn't have a conscience. Yep. And then, yeah, it'd be even more dangerous. Because they needed to get the Great Prophecy. Yeah, poor Virgo. But it's likely that someone not as talented as them could join. Yeah. I think Doctor Who puts it best in the episode The Fires of Pompeii, The Burden of a Time Lord. Yeah. The burden of a time traveller is the constant balance between lives and times and the sacred 
uh, rights of time. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. That does make sense. So, anyway, back to Virgo. Okay. What are her goals in life? Well, uh, let's see. That's a hard question. She doesn't want to be cleaning up after her brother her entire life, obviously. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody but I that. think she would want to... She would want to explore a job where she explores time. She'd want a job where she'd get a lot of adventure, but she doesn't want fame. Yeah. If she wanted fame, she'd expose all of Flint's greatest hits and then <laughs> take the credit for everything he's done, which is rightfully hers. Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. Right? Yeah. She does most of it, and then he just makes a mess of it. <laughs> That's basically what Flint is best at making mess. Oh, well, he'd be a great, great distraction. Like, he'd be a great Mr. Harp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get great. that hands up if you're old enough to get that reference, <laughs> which I am not. Anyway, can you tell me your favorite thing about Virgo? I do like the fact that she is very trusting. She does trust people. Sometimes she trusts the wrong people, but having being able to trust people is a very hard thing to do. Can you tell me what it is about trusting people? Can you tell me an example? Well, an example, we'll go with her friendship with Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, she would trust Caitlin with her life. She would. And Caitlin would do the same because they've had such a great build-up on friendship and loyalty and understanding to the point where they know each other well And she even trusts Flint sometimes and she probably shouldn't. Ah, yeah. Flint's kind of flaky on the trust, but I reckon push comes to stop, he would save his sister. If he could. If he could, yes. <laughs> like, can you imagine that scenario? Virgo's in trouble. She's got a knife in her sleeve. I'm on the way. I'm on the way! Boom! And he slips. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, slips yeah, and yeah. the guard's like... And the guard's like, hey! Take me away! Then she gets out the knife, but he... But the guard holds Flint up his hostage and is like, help me save! It will turn into him trying to save her and then him crying for her to save him because he'll be stuck. Yeah, I honestly yeah. would that love to write Spaceborn 2. Yeah. That would be good. That would be good. It would be very interesting to see. Classic Flint. Classic Flint. <laughs> he is a weird boy, that one. Anyway, should we go into a bit of the other characters? Yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. What character would we like to divulge? Okay, with? well, how about the one that Flint's actions directly hurt, William Greenhill? All right, yeah. What about William? What's he been doing? Okay, well, in this book, he gets his memory erased. Spoiler alert. Thanks to Flint. <laughs> Thanks to Dramone, really, but oh, yeah. Flint helped. But this is the book because, you know, everyone has more than one grandmother. True. And, um, well... Everyone has more than one grandmother, and everyone has more than one grandfather. Yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway, Dramone 
is she... Jamona is Tess's second grandmother on her father's side, while Temperance is on her mother's side. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I hit spaghetti, William. <laughs> That's my father, and we're doing a podcast right now. I can clean up the spaghetti after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How what do you think Tessa would do about uh cleaning up spaghetti? How would Tessa clean that up? She could evaporate it with lightning. Oh, that'd be cool. So, uh now wouldn't she damage the floor? Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. I suppose snow could freeze it, but then it'll get really slippery anyway. So <laughs> you'd be you'd be no worse away. Might as well just stand in the pasta. Fair enough. Tell me. Yes. What is William's goal in this book? Is he still thriving for like world round peace and everyone gets along? Well, his goal. Yeah. Initially, it's trying to prepare their defenses against tomorrow, and then it's yeah. trying to get his memory back. Yes, yes, yes. But Jermaine doesn't have to be mean, though. Why can't he just try to save her? Well, that's the problem. She's Tessa's grandmother. Yes. And she has, in order for Tessa to to exist. Yeah, she has to live. She has to exist. Yeah, exactly. There has to be a version of her own creation or else Abigail could win the second Shakespearean War. And if Ramon doesn't get trapped inside Fort Muse and have Pom and Tom doesn't get out of Fort Muse because of William's mercy, then go back in time to meet Amethyst, mm-hmm. none of that happens. So technically speaking, every day Tessa lives, she's stepping on the stones of her own existence. She is, yes. If she changes the wrong thing, she could unexist. Which is very, very uh, dangerous. It is. Because she could die at any moment and no one would know. It wouldn't be death. It would be worse than that. It would be like when Rory went into the crack in the universe, the silence. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. But still, like, there's got to be a way for Jermone and Abigail to maybe turn to the light side. I'm still hoping that I'm still hoping. Well, Abigail, but probably yeah, not Jerome. Probably not Jerome, but I'm hoping Abigail turns to the light side. Because if Bush comes to shove, she is technically just sad. Yeah. That's all she is, and she's tired, and she's just upset that no one understands. Except for Temperance. Except for Temperance. Temperance was with her when she knew her father and stuff. And they were like... They're like sisters. Temperance wasn't alive then, but yeah. Oh, which one was it then? Six. Abigail had a friend. Temperance? I think so. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. It was a very long time ago. But she had a friend. I think it was Temperance. Maybe. Maybe it was after her dad died. But she had a friend. And I think if she had more friends, it would be a different story. Well, she's already got a pretty good support network. Yeah. 
That's true. So yeah. as you said, the arrow. The arrow, yeah. That stupid little that arrow. stupid little arrow ruins everything. Or fixes everything, depending on your Depending on your situation. <laughs> depending on what side you lean on, it will either fix or it will be stupid. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll let you off there. Mm-hmm. But thanks for listening. And I'm sorry about the password disruption. <laughs> we'll see you soon.